Hello, welcome to Port Misery, a GH podcast. I'm Tara. Thank you for listening. Um, so today is the major recap episode. I haven't watched in like, I mean, I watched it this week, but I I missed two weeks, so I had to catch up three weeks, and like so much happened, so much happened, and everybody has thoughts on it. And so I'm going to try and break this down. Hopefully this won't be too confusing because, like, I hate going by days. Like, that's just so monotonous. So I'm going to try and go by storylines. So, like, people who are connected, I mean, more so everybody's connected. It's so, but people who are in each other's storylines more than others. And so let's start with Jason, Britt, Carly, and we'll throw Liesl and Scott in there because Liesl gets in it. So we start off, and this is like June 14th, this is way back. So like Jason has that like moment where he's like becoming Jason again. I didn't really get that. Like when did he stop being Jason? I saw on Twitter that some of y'all are calling him Josh. That makes me laugh. But like I feel like it was an unnecessary scene where he's like putting his shirt back on and he's like got his gun in. Like why is he just constantly always having a gun? Like I understand why he needs a gun, but it's too much sometimes. Like cool Jason you always have a gun like we have gun problems in this country and you know this pro-violence stance that GH tends to have I don't I don't think it's necessary in 2021 but Jason's got a gun he's back and he's like immediately tells Carly to go away just immediately is just like girl I'm running the business get out of here um it's too late like she told a bunch of people that she's running it so you can't come in and start running it like this idea that like they look weak because and I saw on Twitter some people were like this is Carly's fault because she she wouldn't step down I mean we did have a little moment where she seemed to be like oh I'm being pushed out I don't like that but I'm more than confident she'd be fine stepping down like cool go back to my life the issue is that Jason came back in, strong-armed her out of the freaking arm, the position, and now you all look weak because you could just come in and be like, girl, shut up. You, he could have just let her be a figurehead, you know, still made all of the decisions. But, you know, I'm not a writer. I'm not a writer of this show, and I'm not a mobster. But that seemed like it would have been a better job. Like, you come back as your job that you did for Sunny, except now you do it for her. But, you know, I don't I don't understand why people think Carly's weak. Like, then why did you let her take the seat, the head of the table, if, if she's weak? The Jason coming back, that's what's confusing about this whole situation, is that, like, Carly didn't steal the business from Jason, Jason had to go on the run and Carly stepped in. And so I don't understand what the problem, like, are they viewing this as, like, she stole it from Jason because he was on the run? Like, maybe that's what they think, that, like, she had him stabbed in prison and then, you know, stole the business while he was in prison. But they haven't really alluded to that and I don't even think that they've thought about that yet and so now Jason and Carly have to get married like this is 15th century Europe and they're trying to hold the kingdom together like it just doesn't make any sense it doesn't make any sense Jax is pissed 
which I don't understand why you're pissed. Like, what does this have to do with you? Your child is 18. You don't honestly need to be in this woman's life at all anymore. At all. And I know I'm going to get ratioed and people are like, well, they have Jocelyn. To be honest, my parents were divorced and they had little to no contact with each other. They really only saw each other when they were at major events for my life. It's not like they were palling around. My dad wasn't just showing up to my mom's house giving her unsolicited advice. And so, like, I really don't understand this, like, angst that Jax has in regards to Carly's life. Like, leave her alone. But, you know... Everyone but Jax is just, I mean, I, everyone meaning Bobby and Michael, but they're just like, yeah, whatever. Sonny would be fine with this, which I don't think is true. I don't think it's true at all. Um, I think, uh, what's, I want to say the name correctly on, because I've just been loving, living for their tweets. Ava Forever on Twitter. I mean, she had this what was the tweet let me find this tweet because the thought just escaped my mind um she brought up like bring in the chaos right like bring in the chaos of Sunny and Nina coming back with Carly and Jason being married I mean she they like Smina which you know they can like Smina that's fine I kind of like them now too just because I know it's going to be so messy I'm Carson stand for life but this is going to be ridiculously messy because when Sonny gets his memory back he's not going to care that he's been secretly banging Nina he's going to be like I didn't have a memory that's not my fault I didn't do anything wrong the two of you though and so bring on the mess of it all that's what I'm saying but okay so that's the Carly and Jason thing then you have Brit and Brit and Jason I mean they had this they've been vibing since I think a lot of people because Jason fans were a little upset because Jason had this moment where he was like sad because you know he's marrying Carly but I think as a lot of people brought up they have been had Brit in his orbit when him and Sam were still together and they've kind of been building this up and now, while I don't like that Brit is kind of fangirling over Jason and, like, having these little doe eyes and stuff and having these weird, like, 80s montages of her cleaning up her room, but I do understand her character's sort of, you know, being hurt because Jason's the first person she hasn't straight-ass lied to. I mean, she just trusts him. He trusts her. He understands her. He doesn't care about her past. And so, you know, this was really the first real relationship she had with someone where she was completely open and honest with them. I mean, honest with them about something really, really scary. I mean, the Huntington thing is really, really scary. And so I I get why she's why she fell so hard and why she was so upset when he said he was marrying Carly, because like her reaction to that was perfectly reasonable like they sound nuts right now like what do you mean you're gonna marry someone else for the mom like I don't understand like I said it sounds like renaissance Europe where you just have to like now I gotta marry my cousin to like keep it in the family it's just stupid it's really really dumb and then on top of that 
you know, so she meets up with Jason. Let's go back. Let's go back. Let's go back. So she meets up with Jason at the Metro Court. They're vibing. Here comes Nicholas talking about, are you stalking me? Jason reads Nicholas. Zero lies were told in that read. Like, bro, you messed up. You fumbled the bag and we almost all died. So you're like, I'm going to protect my wife. You almost got your wife killed. She was in the car the whole time. What are you talking about? Um, so he read Nicholas. Great. Um, Carly with making this is like a side note Carly making those uh, store-bought bag cookies was hilarious of course Carly doesn't know how to make handmade cookies but okay so Brit Brit and Jason meet again at the gym I don't know if that was intentional or she's just like you know fangirl stalking him now excuse me but now she's acting like she hasn't done anything and that's kind of bugging me like this characterization of Brit like you stole a whole embryo from Dante and Lulu you carried that baby you tried to pass it off as Pastor Drake's and then you tried to pass it off as Brad's but you haven't lived you went on a on the run with Cesar Faison who is your father like but you haven't lived girl get out of here get out of here like you were blackmailing Maxie before you became BFFs with her so police and I like how that friendship's just disappeared like now that Maxie doesn't need her she's just like moving on like by Brit and so this whole thing like I understand like have her if anything it would have made more sense for her to try to be a better person that she kind of realizes that you know this is some kind of karmic justice for like her whole family and that like she's the only one left I mean they don't know that Peter's dead but she's technically the only one left and she's the only one left you know she's struck with this disease her brother who was actually a good person was killed her evil brother also killed she doesn't know it but she's the only one left and she has this terrible disease and so you know have her try to like you know take stock of her life and what she's done not pretend like she hasn't done anything I think that's a stupid route to go especially because she used to be a, a straight villain on this show um and now she has to worry about her job because Monica has been made the new board member which makes sense which makes sense because you know if she was chief of staff, she would be expected to be on the show all the time, and, and nobody wanted that. I mean, not that nobody, I would love it, and I know most of you would love it, but, you know, the people who write this show don't want that. They don't want Leslie Charleston on the show for some reason, and so having her be some nameless, faceless board member. But then again, Cyrus as a board member was just everywhere. He was just everywhere. He was walking into surgery. How's everyone doing? How's everyone? How's the surgery going? You know, he was just walking into people's gynae appointments. Like, hey, how you feeling? Like, are those spec? Is the speculum warm enough? Let me know. Like, it was too much. He was everywhere. So Monica could potentially be everywhere too. But it's also a way to explain why she's not everywhere because she's some upstairs crunching numbers you know but because monica doesn't want the chief of staff that means that brit's not automatically out but then queen terry love queen terry like terry Kinlan, like i don't like brit and i like that terry kept that energy i like that and i also kind of like that liz kept that energy like just because you've been nice to me one time it doesn't erase you know our past and our history and so terry throws her hat into the ring love that love that because if you're going to celebrate having lgbtq characters then actually give them something to do don't just have them you know though i love that terry comes in as liz's friend like terry's just like liz girl what are you doing 
what are you doing? Or why is Finn over here, you know, fumbling the, the bag with you? Like, what's happening? Are you guys a thing? And, you know, Liz is like, I don't know. Blah. But I like that, you know, she comes in with that energy, you know, not just like misery constantly. Like, yeah, Terry's not a miserable character. And I like that. But she's going for chief of staff. And so, you know, give her something to do. And like, you know, Brad's getting out of prison, it sounds like. That's going to be nice. And I would uh, I would honestly love it for them to like really, really lean into Lucas and Felix and have Brad come in there being this like they could either either or could leave each other for for Brad. Like, to be honest, like I could see Felix being like, you know, I was vibing hard with Brad before you rolled the town. And then obviously Lucas and Brad used to be married. So I think that like we need to give our LGBT character something to do. But you know, that's the Jason Carly Brit. Well, now Brit is looks like she might be about to bang about to bang Jax. I guess. I guess that's what happens when you are a bad character. You get put with a blunder down under. Um so moving on. Moving on. Let's go to Nixon Falls. There wasn't a lot of Nixon Falls in the last three weeks. I noticed. Like I haven't, I haven't sat and watched like a huge chunk of the show in like a few days in a while, and I, I realized that there was not a lot of Nixon Falls in this last couple in like a month. But um, essentially, what we learned is that Nixon Falls doesn't have any internet because Phyllis was like doing hand paper bookkeeping. She was like keeping paper records in 2021 and so you know i guess it makes sense for why she doesn't know who sunny is not like she's scrolling her phone she's not on twitter and so that's great but she's also like and then she also offered to give mike her car to drive to port charles which makes a lot more sense than that like jump on a plane with no id with no identification whatsoever and so Mike, excuse me, I don't know why my throat's so sore. Mike decides to call Nina. And so now we have these little phone calls between Mike and Nina. We don't really see what Mike's saying. It's mostly through Nina because Nina's back in Port Charles. So let's go to Nina. Um, Nina immediately goes to Michael and Willow's little gatehouse boat. It's the gatehouse. Yeah, they, they go. she goes to the gatehouse. Carly, like, teleports there you know you know she hops on her freaking broomstick and flies over to the gatehouse and essentially just lets nina know that jack's blackmailed michael into letting her see wiley she doesn't know how but she knows that it happened and nina is super insecure about this which i don't understand why like girl you got what you wanted who cares how you got it who cares if michael thinks that you're just as crazy as nell you are you are just as crazy as now. You're keeping his father away from him and his other children and his wife. So, you know, you've earned that title. Don't be insecure. And so she's going around. She's making the rounds because she's back in town. So she goes to see Maxie and she sees Curtis. And they both kind of just ask her, like, why are you in Nixon Falls? What the hell's there? And to be honest, though, like, if someone that I knew, because I live in L.A., I live in L.A. and Santa Barbara, but if someone that I knew told me that they moved to Port Charles, New York. I'd be like, what the hell? Like, what's in Port Charles, New York? Why are you doing that? But, um, essentially, she's just like, oh, I found myself in there and it's a great place. And she's telling them about Mike. But, you know, she's keeping it and then she's, oh, he can never, never 
moved to Port Charles. Oh, Ava. She also sees Ava. Um, Just question. Do we like the Nina-Ava friendship? I mean, they went from zero to, like, blood sisters in, like, 60 seconds. It's really nuts. But, um... Ava was like, have him come work for Curtis and stuff. And Nina just shot that down. Like, because she knows, you know, I don't know how. I think Ava, I think they will write it. I think Ava should be mad, but I think they will write it as um, Ava is not happy that she did that to Avery because Avery's already lost so much in her young life. But she kind of understands sticking it to Carly. Like, I think Ava will understand. Like, yeah, I would have done that shit, too. You know. But, essentially, Nina finds herself... Before she meets up with Ava, she finds herself at Noah's grave. And she's, like, telling her... Like, the same thing she was telling Wiley. Just, like, (laughs) emptying her... Burying her soul to toddlers and ghosts. And Michael pops up and Michael pretty much just tells her not to act crazy in front of Nina or it's not in front of Nina in front of Wiley. And Nina's like, well, you know, have some compassion, you know, for Nell in front of him, too. And girl, I don't even know what you want. Like, what do you want? Like, what do you mean have compassion? Like, obviously, they're not going to tell Wiley at three that his mother gave him away on the side of the road. Like, no, we'll wait for him to read the Google report when he's 14. But, and I like how they already have him in therapy. Like, yeah, he's going to need it because his mom's a freaking nutcase. And social media and the surveillance state we live in, like, everyone's going to know, including him. Like, in the 70s, your mom could be a lunatic and you would never know until you were, like, 40. You know, like, you thought Monica was your mom, but... You know, today, there's no way you can get around that. So I like that they have him in therapy. But Michael is pretty much like, whatever, ho, I gotta go. Just don't act crazy. And Nina immediately starts acting crazy. And she starts telling her daughter's ghost how, you know, Mike Sonny is such a good person. And like, her exact words are, I didn't know him very well. Okay, then how do you know that all of you that you say is true? That's my thing. Like, I didn't know him very well before all this, but I could tell that he was miserable. What, girl? What? Really? Like, what? And, like, of course, she's not wrong, right? We know she's not wrong. Like, Sonny is, of course, very tortured, and he's done a lot of terrible things, and maybe he wants to forget about them, but the question becomes, does he deserve to forget about them? That's my question. Like, let's take my Carson-loving self out of this. Does Sonny Corinthos, the man who got Karen Wexler hooked on drugs, who groomed Brenda Stone, Jason, tried to groom Robin, she escaped, who wreaks havoc and misery, brings nothing but trouble to the town of Port Charles, attracts mob wars like moths to a flame. Does that man deserve to go off and live some happy freaking life with no memories of all the terrible things that he's done? Does that man deserve that? That's my question. Like, how do you get to decide that? Because if we're taking, if we're doing body counts and we're doing real damage done in Port Charles, Sonny's done a lot worse than Carly. I'm just going to say that now. I'm not even going to justify it. It's a fact. Sonny has caused way more havoc on planet Earth, not even just Port Charles, on planet Earth than Carly has ever done. 
Okay, so this idea that Carly is some devil woman that, like, Nina's saving Sunny from, if that's what she needs to tell herself, then good, honey, good. That's, tell, revisionist history, honey. And it's not even revisionist, she's just making it up on the spot. It's like one of my students who didn't do the reading, but proceeds to write a six-page paper about the book. Just saying nonsense, saying nonsense, and then writing me a note at the end, talking about, I just didn't want to give them an A. I just had it out for them. And so, like, that's Nina to me right now. We're going to move past Nina because, ooh, she makes me mad. But, like I said, I'm with Ava Forever on Twitter. This is going to be messy. This is going to be messy as hell, and I'm here for it. Here for it, honey. All right, let's move on. Let's move on. Let's go to, let's go to the quarter mains. So, the quarter mains are going to bleed into the Chase dying storyline. So, we're going to start with quarter main household and you know non-chase related things in it so Ned and Livia what who even knows what's going on there are they together are they not together are they back together I'm very confused I'm just very confused I mean Olivia invited Ned to stay in his own damn house like yeah you should stay here tonight and like I know it's Monica's house Alan gave it to her R.I.P. Stuart Damon I I think other people could do a better tribute to him. Like, I will definitely be doing the misery of Alan Quartermain as a Stuart Damon tribute, but I don't want to give his tribute here because it wouldn't be worthy of that man. But I know that it's Monica's house because Alan gave it to her, but also uh, Ned banged Monica in a hot tub. So I'm sure he can stay there anytime he wants. And then, you know, Ned calls this meeting... Well, first he calls in Valentine and he's like, hey, we're going to take that company back now. So FYI. And then he calls Michael. Let me go back. He calls, he tells Valentine. Valentine pretty much calls him a little bitch. He was like, well, Michael did all right, but he had to step down because he's too busy and he's not focused. And then you were CEO and then I stole the company. I stole a company from you, so who do you think they're gonna who do you think they're gonna side with? And hundred percent. Hundred percent. Nobody in that family has the freaking time or patience for ELQ. Michael is just out here, you know, trying to take care of his son. Nobody's faulting him for that. But then also he's too distracted because now this Willow Chase situation. He's like fantasizing about Willow while Ned's trying to tell him the business. Like he's no I wouldn't vote for Michael if I was on if I had stock and then Ned like Valentine said you fumbled the bag you're out here cheating on your wife you're out here hanging out with drunk Alexis and now we're supposed to trust you with this multi-billion dollar company absolutely not absolutely not if either one of them was smart they would just let Valentine run that company the quarter mains are done the quarter mains don't need to take care of it I think Edward would vote for Valentine to be honest like, I think Edward would be like, yeah, we should just let him run it because he seems to know what he's doing. And now he's actually, we know he's not. Now he's actually uh, has Quartermain blood because of this, this baby. Now, we know that it's not his baby, but it's, you know, Edward has taken less connections to just, you know, say a Quartermain's running things. But that's the non-Chase dying stuff besides Monica becoming the board member and we already got into that and so let's go to chase is dying now chase is dying that brings in liz finn 
Michael, Willow, Jackie, and Gregory. Sasha shows up randomly for this wedding, this trash wedding. But, like, let's get into it. So, Chase is dying. Chase is dying and Willow, clown of 2021, clown of 2021, Willow agrees to marry Chase. Now, I don't understand why she can't just be honest. Like, why doesn't anyone think anyone deserves honesty in their last freaking moments? But fine they think he's dying and he is saying all these declarations of love she's just like i love you just super and then runs out of the room she doesn't say anything that would make anyone believe that she wants to be in here and they keep talking about it like he's gonna go live his life with willow i'm like are all of you blind you can't see that she is totally horrified and being like pushed into a corner with this marriage but she's being pushed into a corner her and Michael because they refuse to push back like they're just so busy trying to not be bad people that like Michael is just coming across as a complete ass and Willow seems like a black widow just out here waiting for people to die like I don't think that's what the writers were leaning towards but that's what you got that's what you have where like Michael and Willow in I mean, they take the... I think I could give it to both of them. So, week of June 14th and week of June 21st. I think... I'll take that back. Week of June 14th, like, Michael and Willow took the Clown of the Year Award. And they are also Clown of the Week. June 21st, Jason Morgan is Clown of the Week because of this whole getting married to Carly foolishness and like messing his relationship with Brit and then this week's clown of the week I know Jen was like Jason but I'm gonna actually give it to Carly because her saying that Jason stole like ran off men that's a clownish statement so clown of this week just because we already went to their storyline clown of the week for what was how's it June 28th I think June 28th clown of the week Carly Corinthos because girl what are you talking about what are you talking about Jason ran off man he did not run off man but back to clown of the year Milo Michael and Willow so they are now bending over backwards right they're bending over backwards to justify all this raggedy behavior because they thought that Chase was dying Brooklyn didn't want to be at the wedding. They had a really cute moment. Chase and Brooklyn. I'm Chase and Brooklyn rising, honey. I'm here for that. But Sasha showed up. Now you have Brooklyn, Sasha, both of them being like, well, you two are clearly in love. So what are you doing? How are we doing this? And we just keep giving Chase new ailments. We, new ailments. So he first he was dying, got to get married. Now he's paralyzed, got to stay married. What's next? He's going to have... Well, he got rickets. So, you know, I guess I got to have his baby. Like, what? It just doesn't make any sense. Like, my my thing is... With, I just want to jump in the TV and talk to Willow. Like, is this easier than it would have been last week? And is it going to be easier next week than it is right now? You might as well just rip this band-aid off and stop trying to pretend 
that you're going to come out of this looking like a good person. You are not going to come out of this looking like a good person. And the longer it goes on, the worse you look. So move on. Move on. And so Willow's out here just being a mess. Michael had a scene where he talked to Jocelyn about college. Bro, what do you know about going to college? What does Michael Corinthos know about going to college? Absolutely nothing. So let's skip to we're not skipping anything we're staying on the storyline liz and finn so they're on the other side they're trying to cure chase finn is constantly trying to throw himself in jail i swear liz has spent the last three weeks being like fuck peter just forget about him and just get back to work stop stop this foolishness and then like Anna, what a queen. Anna is like investigating. She's like, honey, I'm a spy and I'm a cop and I know what I'm doing. And this doesn't seem like Peter could not have got out of this hospital. And she is just putting these puzzle pieces together. And Elizabeth is realizing that she ain't that smart because she was like, oh, there's a secret lab that no one knows about. Nobody thought about the elevator Elizabeth was talking about except for the woman who was a main part of that storyline and her name is Anna Duvain and she's currently looking for Peter. So that was the last place you should have put him. That was the last place you should have put him. And then, you know, she finds out Anna goes up to the roof. She's running up to the roof. Girl, why are you on this roof? It looks sus AF for you to be on this roof while Anna is trying to find, trying to investigate. And so like, She's just like, you gotta forgive yourself, Anna. Honey, Anna's a cop. She's not just doing this. It's not like a Sam situation. And Sam's a private detective. But, like, I could see somebody giving Sam that speech. Like, girl, you just gotta let this go. And you just gotta live your life. Go home to your kids. But Anna's an actual cop. So, yeah, she's gonna investigate it. And the more y'all try to stop. And this is a note for Finn liz and maxie you just need to let the pcpd you need to let dante sam anna and i don't even think jason's in it but the three of them you need to let them do what they do because you trying to uh, take their investigation some other way makes you look more suspicious just let them investigate and not find anything and and just move on move on with your life because you all look crazy and they're like writing people crazy like finn was all like good luck finding thing good luck finding him you're not gonna find him like to anna why are you talking to her like that why are you talking to her like some random bitch on the corner don't talk to anna duvain like that this is why i can't with fanna like i know the fanna stands i love y'all i would take a bullet for y'all but michael easton got a sharp tongue and it's too sharp for Miss Hughes, in my opinion. It's too sharp for Miss Hughes. Like, I think he needs to tone it down sometimes. But, you know, that's an acting choice. I'm not coming for no actors. I like them both. I stand them. Moving on. So, they cure, fin- they cure Chase. They cure Chase. We find out that Gregory's his father. Yay. Gregory Chase is the only decent person in this town. He's the only decent person to walk into with city limits. Let's just make that make that real clear but um finn is like beating her on the bush not trying to tell chase that he's not his father like will you just tell this man what he wants to know like he already got enough going on why are people like nina people are constantly constantly lying to chase 
They're just constantly lying to Chase. Like, why are you constantly lying to this man? Just tell him the truth. And so that's what's going on. He wants to marry Willow in the Quartermain Rose Garden. You know, Liz and Finn, Liz is still being Finn's cheerleader, even though Chase is, you know, cured. He gave Liz Violet, did not ask her whatsoever if she wanted that. But, you know, it's Elizabeth. Of course, she was nice about it. But he's constantly threatening to turn himself in. I mean, Elizabeth's got to be so tired. I would be tired. I would be so tired if I was. I just could not. Um, also, we have. Let's move on. Let's move on to a different storyline. Let's just, let's go to Sam and Dante. Um, if you're enjoying this, I'm I'm happy you're enjoying it. I wish it didn't feel so much like they were forcing Sam into the storyline. Um, I do think that Sam should be in a storyline like this, but like she hasn't really been in, in any storyline in a minute. I mean, she was whining about Alexis's alcoholism, and that was pretty much it. I mean, we could have had Sam be the one person in Maxie's life who wouldn't accept Peter. And it could have been a situation where she's coming back to help her find her daughter because she feels bad that she was less sensitive than she could have been with Maxie. And then her being pissed, and then we could have had her being pissed that Maxie gave her baby to Brooklyn, you know. That would actually make more sense. Like, I don't want, like, nobody wants Sam to be, one. I don't think Maxie's gonna get red, but, like, Sam doesn't need to be one of the people to read. She could, though, because Peter had her framed, you know. Sam could have been more in the storyline, and now it just seems like they're wedging her in. And then Dante still seems like a friggin' robot. He just seems like a robot, and I really hope this is a choice. Um, and it's going to be explained at some point because it's really weird. It's just really weird to have him be so robotronic. Um, someone said this on Twitter when it comes to Sam. Um, and I, I don't, I couldn't find the tweet, so I, I do want to give you guys credit. It's not me, but they mentioned that Sam is giving Austin like Franco energy, and that's the problem because like he's done nothing to her. Like, this is the reason why you shouldn't help anyone on this show. Because, like, you become suspect number one. Now, obviously, Austin, there's something up with him. And, like, some are saying he's the son of Jimmy Lee Holt. And it's going to be something to come in and take over the Quartermains. Or we'll see what happens. But, like, Sam is giving him the wrong energy. She literally, like, <laughs> she descended from the ceiling to ask him a question about his whiskey choice. Like, can we do more with my girl Sam, please? please um we also had the vanna rising scene this week that got interrupted by dante and y'all were super pissed super pissed i mean we still have anna on this apology tour that i don't think that she needs to be on but um vanna scenes were very very cute i also like that brooklyn is trying to take the best possible care of maxie's baby that she can like no I don't I mean not to say I didn't think that she wouldn't take care of whatever random baby she would have got her hands on but like I'm just glad that she's just super nervous all the time um in the Vanna scenes we find out that Austin actually owns the house that Maxie was taken to and that there was a camera in the house so he may or may not be in on it to be honest like if Austin was like a Peter you know, henchman, he's more interesting than Peter out the gate because Roger Howarth is better. And so, yeah, okay, cool. Here for that. 
what else happened? Because now my notes are all out of order. Um, let's do, let's do, uh, Brando and Sasha. Let's get them out of the way real quick. Um, why is this show constantly trying to push that, the narrative that Jason is out here doing good in the world? Why is the show trying to push the narrative that the Corinthoses are out here doing good in the world? I really can't with that. Like the scene where Brando comes and asks for a job and he's like, it's literally the verbatim lines that Sean said, Sean Butler, when he started working for Sonny. He's just like, I just feel like these last few months, like the the most good I've done since I was in the military. And I'm like, since when is working for the U.S. military the same as working for a mob? I mean, maybe it is like, I mean, there's a lot of order taking and stuff like that. But, I mean, I'm just really sick of this narrative that, like, people, like, if you want to join the mob, have it be because you're a shady-ass person, not because you're a secret Robin Hood. Like, it's just really stupid. Brando is still in love with TJ, and I think that's hilarious. And I love that Sasha was like, my guy, can we get out of here? This awkward AF. Um, She's concerned what Nina thinks. Who cares what Nina thinks? And she didn't care. She did not care. And then Gladys being like, it's not my fault that she doesn't allow you around that baby. Girl, it's a thousand percent your fault. It's a thousand percent your fault because you're you're friggin' nuts. Um, who else is in town doing stuff? Um We did have Jordan and Curtis. So Aunt Stella is like convinced that Curtis saved the town. I disagree. I disagree. I think he just got shot. And then Jordan knows that she's a terrible cop, but she should be 100% quitting. Laura, you're too nice. You are too nice. And then Taggart and Curtis were having, like, a bro-off. Like, um, though I do appreciate Taggart thanking Curtis because, like, Taggart seems to understand that, like, it would have been on site with him and Cyrus. Like, you weren't going into that house. Cyrus would have shot you on sight. But, um, they're having a little bro-off so it can be, like, everyone can be nice and close when we find out that Curtis is actually Trina's father and not Taggart. That's gonna be messy. Hopefully they do it and not chicken out. Um, Portia just let herself be intimidated by Aunt Stella and now Curtis thinks that it was Jordan. And, like, I hate when men get all, like, oh, my ex-wife is, like, your ex-wife is busy trying to move on with her life, and I don't even like Jordan. I want all the bad things in the world to happen to Jordan, but I don't need Curtis reading her for things she didn't do. And then also, Portia, why are you trying to be best friends with Jordan when you're also in a intense like with her ex-husband? Like, I just don't understand why they have these people doing this, but, you know, okay, okay okay i'm here for the trina reveal i'm here for that because i think that's coming um let's let's do cam and jocelyn really quick um sis is just in the halls of gh talking about the corinthos crime organization she's just sitting here like obviously jason is a professional why do you know so much about this and why are you so comfortable just telling people that your godfather is a hitman like and also girl why are you trying to live at home why are you trying to live at home stop this foolishness you should be trying to escape that house like i don't like the way they write the kids like 
I wish that they wrote Jocelyn the way they used to write Christina, where she would just did not have time for this mob nonsense. Like, she's just trying to live a normal freaking life. And for some reason, Jocelyn's the most popular girl in school because she's the stepdaughter of a mobster. I don't understand twenty twenty Port Charles in 2021. Like, I don't understand. Because in 2009, it was a problem. And Christina and Michael suffered for it. Morgan and Molly, too. Like, they were the so attached to this mob boss. And now it's, like, the coolest thing ever. It's just, it's a problem. And then also we have the Cameron Weber apology tour has begun. And the Weber apology tour has begun because Elizabeth also had to start her apology tour. Apologizing to Jason and Carly. Like, that Elizabeth and Carly scene did need to happen. Like, I'm sure Becky Hurst and Laura Wright are really good friends. I'm sure everyone except for a select few are. But Elizabeth Weber and Carly Corinthos are not best friends. And Elizabeth didn't owe her anything. I'm just going to say that right now. I love Carly. I stand the hell out of her. Elizabeth Weber owes that woman absolutely jack. Nothing. She don't owe her nothing. And it is not out of the realm of possibilities that a hired hitman who hated Franco would kill him. And so this idea that she's like, I didn't believe in Jason when I should have. He has done nothing. It would have been bad. Like, this is the only reason why I didn't feel bad about Elizabeth sort of, you know, thinking that Jason did it. Jason did nothing for four years but tell anyone who would listen that Franco was a serial killer and how much he hated him. How much he hated him. Jason made himself the main suspect. Liz and Cameron did nothing. Liz and Cameron, people all the time accuse people who didn't do things. And the cops are like, okay, well, they're just really upset. They're just going to say what they're going to say. And they don't arrest anyone. But Jason made himself the main suspect in that. Because he has done nothing since he got back. Except put hands on Franco and, and shout from the rooftops. Take out newspaper ads about what a crazy psychopath he is. And so that's why Jason was in jail. Nothing to do with Elizabeth. Nothing to do with Cameron. So moving on. And then Jocelyn is not forgiving Cameron. Because because of what girl? Because of what? Like, that whole situation. Cameron leave that girl behind never talk to her again the only person who should be mad at Cameron not even their mom because I think Elizabeth was pretty sensitive around him but the only person who should have words and attitude with Cameron is Jake Jake because he straight called his father a murderer just called his father a murderer Jake is trying to explain to him like my dad wouldn't lie to me like and even if you still believe that Jason did it you could have kept it to yourself you didn't need to tell that little boy anything but you were like let's rage against your father together and now here you are now you're here with your little weak apology and your brother don't have time for you I completely understand Jake's attitude no one else in that town should be saying anything to Cameron Weber except for Jake that's just my opinion other people might have other opinions i'm gonna move on so which was probably the the decent oh i didn't do liesl and i said i was going to i apologize i didn't do liesl and scott with them up top liesl went to talk to jason i liked that they had a little moment and she got like emotional and i liked that Britt gave her permission to tell scott because they're clearly vibing and i love that scott took Liesl to the graduation party like it's very cute I mean it's very cute she loved Franco you know it's not out of the realm of possibilities um Alexis and Sean are getting into trouble like 
that's just messiness and it was just you know she broke her wrist and she got put in solitary trying to go after this judge it's just you know it's sad um the last storyline i'm gonna go into because i mean it's just maxie trying to maxie saw her baby that was cute um but she's flailing to be honest all your friends are trying to help you and you're just like get out of here but the last story i'm gonna get into is neva so nicholas and ava are being blackmailed by an obvious spencer and i don't think it's a fake breakup like i think it's a real breakup i saw on twitter that oh they think they're being really dramatic i think ava's being really dramatic to just prove that she's not there because she's just so nervous about avery but i think that you know i think they're really broken up um i understand that you know when i'm like pausing for a second i apologize no one likes dead air on a podcast what i was trying to say is like looking at who could have been we know it's spencer but like who it could have been when they were like maybe it's an ex like dante you're slipping like which ex like elizabeth no brooklyn no maybe hayden if you were gonna bring rebecca buddig back that would have been great because i mean that she she deserves to get revenge on nicholas at this point like i can't wait for that but i you know i would have said it was brooklyn if this was like 10 years ago and they let sis be sassy but um this is what i was gonna say i like totally lost my train of thought i want them to stop forgetting that ava is a mobster ava is a mobster she used to run things she used to threaten people and now you have her like jumping at doors like oh the door and i'm nervous and like your daughter has spent the majority of her life around bodyguards because her father is a mob boss and so like please stop writing these characters like this please stop writing these characters like this i understand that she's nervous because of what ryan chamberlain did but like you have her like 10 seconds from being you know on prozac just (laughs) and then spencer is going so hard spencer is going hard i don't think that her testifying again like for valentine is worth all this to be honest honey but you know let's see him get red because that re he's gonna get red by nicholas he'll get red by laura he'll get red by trina and that's the thing so the teen scene with spencer coming in this time and it ended i really really want this to be good i think that the young man coming in looks like he's really looks like he looks the part he looks like a corinthos and a cassadine and I want him to be in love with Trina. I want him to be in love with Trina. Cam and Joss just started something. I want Spencer to come back in town in love with Trina. And then Trina to just reject him because of what he did to Ava. Just reject him. And then I want him, Trina and Cam to get together. Because I think that that would be really interesting if like joss takes spencer's side like well ava's terrible because we know joss hates ava 
because of Carly. And so Cam and Trina sort of get together based off of this. And then Jocelyn and Spencer team up to break them up. Team up to break them up. Have them Cassidine and Corinthos all over the shop. I mean, have Jocelyn be Carly's daughter and just be like, I know that she used to be my friend. Now she's my enemy. And that's kind of what I want. That's that's the end of my spiel. Just because I've been talking way too long. I don't know how much sense this makes. Because it was three weeks of General Hospital. And I obviously couldn't get to everything. But um, I officially have my, my podcast app telling me, girl, you're doing too much. And so thank you for listening. Um, I will be trying to get The Misery of Sunny Corinthos Part 2 out by tonight. Um, if not tomorrow morning, but thank you for listening. This has been Port Misery, a GH podcast. You can follow me at port underscore misery on Twitter. And as always, have a great day.